Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobile World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Welcome to episode 47, recorded on November 8th, 2022. It used to be that vending machines were good for things like a cold drink or a chocolate bar. Not anymore. Peter Scabera from Signify Solutions is going to join us to talk about the future of vending machines, automated storage lockers, and other related technologies that are filling interesting niches within the smart city. We'll get to all that and more after we hear from Locomobi CEO Grant Furlane and his tech news. Here's something we haven't had an opportunity to do for the last couple of podcasts, and that's uh, go to Grant's and talk about uh, news, technology-related and otherwise. What have you got for us this time? Well, um, the, the I first of all found something you're going to love. Have you, have you heard of Oculus um, mm-hmm. and um, the defense contractor, uh, Palmer Lucky? Um, they wait, wait, have wait. a game. Talking, wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. We're talking Oculus as in the company that was purchased by Meta. Correct. Okay. And, and I don't know who the uh, – okay, so the Oculus founder – yeah, and now you're, we're going to talk about defense contractors. No, we're going to talk about what he, what 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 they have produced. Okay, go that ahead. Uh, is going to be a great game for you. I think you really like it um, because, as you know, um, there's a lot to unpack when we talk about this stuff. But they have a new headset game. It's a VR wizardry game. But here's the best part of this one. You know when you play the game and you have the headset on. And you die? Yeah. You really die. Oh, um, no, thank you. What do you mean? Yeah, it's called nerve nerve gear. So it's um, you'll go online and you'll play the game. When it comes to you, to you losing, it'll blow up your brain. Um, sure. So I've got you. By the way, don't worry, Alan. I have you registered. Oh, so good. you get to play it. Yeah, I know you're going to be very excited about it. So and wait, should- stop. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so you're 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 playing like a, a multiplayer shooter game or something like that, right? It's, it's gonna be called Nerve Gear. And you're wearing this thing on your head and yeah. you slip up and somehow you lose a life. If you lose the game, no, if you lose in the game and you're supposed yeah. to die, you die. Which means what? Everything goes black? Yeah, so so the problem right now is he can only half kill you. So he's trying to figure out how to totally kill you. <laughs> You're laughing, but you know I'm how crazy la- the world's going. No, no, People I'm not going to roll in this. You I'm know not- it, okay? I'm not laughing. I'm simply thinking that, hmm, as part of my recreational time, I'm going to engage in a game where I will actually, or as close to, uh, die as part of my game. And guess where they think the second largest market will be? I have no idea. Japan. Oh, what's the first largest? The U.S.? Uh, they didn't talk uh, U.S., yeah. But, but you know, what's, it, what's really kills me is, okay, but wanna, I don't want to get you want to rephrase that, maybe? You know? Well, think of it. You, yeah, it kills me. Um, think of that. Okay, I always sit at home now and, wa- and I don't watch it. I'll turn on TV and I'll see the MMA. People in the ring... Punching, breaking noses, bleeding, everyone's cheering, right? It's so popular. Yeah. We've done this reversal from the Roman days that we love it. But think of that, that 
No, and I think you do. And that's my opinion. Don't want to get one upset. Got a little mm-hmm. no brain here. But that guy who does want to go right to the life, challenge the game for real. I wow. believe there's you know what I believe. It's that's there's a lot of people like that. I, I, I'm afraid you're right. I think there are. I, I don't understand it, but uh, listen, whatever floats your boat, fill your if boots. You, yeah, key man, though, if you die, you die. <laughs> okay. Okay, and, and I know, I think I think it's the most amazing thing around. So I had to tell you about it because it's news. It's been, they've talked about like doing games that um, were fatal, but never that someone's like, it's not out yet or anything, but it's, Obviously, the plan is to have it come out. Okay, I, so I, can't, I don't know. Can't I think wait. it's pretty. Can 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 we move on to another story? Because I'm oh, a little oh, you depressed don't like now. that, eh? No, no, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to die for fun. Okay, I could go to that to something nice then. You know, okay. Maybe we, can, maybe we can talk something quickly, something about na- uh, more niceties. Um, sure. That you probably know or don't know. Um have you have you heard about they have the new antibody, um, and it's a therapy that uh, has eighty eight percent effectiveness to stop malaria. I did read about that. Malaria is the biggest. Good. I'm glad that. Okay. So they have a vaccine malaria. that just came out. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the talk mosquito. About it, you know, the mosquito is the most dangerous animal in the universe because it transmits so many diseases, including malaria, which is still a major, major problem in many places in the world, especially Africa. And there is no vaccination. There is no vaccination that will Correct. work. Yeah. Yep. So this one's 88% effective. 88%. And knew who backed it? Is that Bill Gates? Good. Okay. I'm not bringing this. That's very good. You're right. Bill and Linda Gates Foundation backed it, which, you know, people don't understand what people like this are actually doing on the sidelines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I bring it up because although you and I may never go through it, this is like common in in in, in Africa. Yeah, and if Mal- you've never had places like Mali, and um, so from my standpoint, I like to talk about stuff like that uh, simply because. Well, it's it's the brighter side of the news. I mean, that's an example of technology triumphing over a scourge that has been with mankind since the beginning. Like malaria is, is just a terrible thing. If you've ever had it, it's 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 awful. How do you know? Wait, wait, you said something. Have I ever had it? What do you mean? You've had it? No, I haven't. But I've seen people who have, and it's oh, not okay. a good thing. Okay, yeah, I uh, I'm with you on that. And the um, but and then of course the last one I want to talk about that we should talk about that's very newsworthy because we talk about it quite a bit about metaverse and we talk about blockchain and we talk about um and we, and we talk about uh, uh, robots and of course quantum physics to because it's going to go in and break the hell out of cryptocurrency but we didn't have to wait and you saw that the biggest cryptocurrency crime was just solved it took them 10 years but you know uh, three or four people in a group had the biggest robbery of cryptocurrency ever happened and they got caught it was like 300 million dollars it took them 10 years though um so if you look at the the, the fact that um, the crypto world um, and and with that they basically stated how still the, the problem with crypto is its security um, even as of today crypto is down I think around eighteen thousand dollars from twenty one today in one day because they now found out that 
uh, one of the crypto securities that were. So let's say you're dealing with a crypto house and they you always want to see what they hold, because that's like the bank always has something that's back like a bank has is, can give out third three hundred million dollars because it's got all these notes and bonds and all this. Right. They found out that the the founder of this unit, the only thing back in back in it was his own crypto bank that had nothing. Mm. And so that's, people, huh? That's not good. No, but I mean, um, I had a, you know I had a friend over on the weekend saying, "Granda, what are you going to do in crypto?" And I said, "I don't know." But he was confusing things. He goes, "What are you going to do with blockchain?" And I, he said, "Because you know, look at when they send money. Now, wait, are you talking about blockchain or crypto?" Because people are starting to convince to uh, try to combine the two. Blockchain is a way to pay. You can pay with crypto, but you don't have to. And what's happening is people are confusing the difference between blockchain is a way of doing business in a in a un in a more uh, um, uh, you know um, uh, controllable fashion by individual companies. So we'll say in a less segregated way versus how we do it now in a much manual way and a more corporate way where we all have to go to the banks. I get that, but that's just payments, okay? Blockchain could be services, a whole 30 things that we do between all these different suppliers. doesn't mean in the end they don't go to the bank to get their money. That doesn't mean they don't do that. They may not, but the blockchain, uh, the problem is I think that blockchain is getting a bad name from crypto. I think you're right because people associate blockchain or, or, or they believe that blockchain and crypto is the same thing. And it's not. They're not. They're not. Crypt, they're not the crypto same uses crypto uses blockchain, but blockchain is not crypto. Like I'm a firm believer that's a given blockchain's happening. That's yeah. a given. It makes total sense. Crypto, I'm not saying it's not happening. I know because I don't know. At least I'll admit it. I don't know. And my staff are working on blockchain. I mean, sorry, on crypto. Why? We don't know. It may happen, right? But we talked this. We've had so many talks about quantum computing and all that stuff. And it just proves out my fact that when if quantum were to come out physics and they had quantum computing, there'd be no cryptocurrency. It'd steal it all. So they, if you can do it other ways then, and make things happen. So unstru- the problem with crypto, it's unstructured and it's not, it's not regulated. Um, and so when I heard about this news today, and it's no coincidence the market has pushed it down by 10%. I mean, it used to be at $70,000, but let's pretend that was stupid. It's been hooving around 20000 for a long time, Alan, but it's at eighteen now. Is this going to be just a start of a whole bunch of problems? I don't know. All right. Imagine this. It's two in the morning. You've got an important project that needs to be completed in the morning, but you've run out of some sort of important supply. But instead of panicking, you head to a location with a certain type of vending machine. You pick up what you need, head home, finish the project, and you're a hero. Or how about this? You order something online, and instead of waiting for it to show up on your doorstep during business hours, where it could get stolen, you're notified that your package, whatever it is, is now available for pickup at an automated pickup locker. This is the business of Signify Solutions, Inc., Peter Scabera is here to talk about how these types of pickup locations and these types of vending machines are going to change the retail landscape. So, Peter, tell me exactly what your company does. Uh, Yeah, just a little bit of background first, Alan. Um, I just moved from Fujitsu. 
which I spent uh, just under 38 years. Uh, and I'm in my now seven week here at Signify Solution. And Signify um, is in um, several different verticals, but uh, the reason I came here is to head up the retail vertical and uh, automated retail. Um, so if you think about what that means from a Signify position, um, the attraction for me to come from Fujitsu after 37 uh, plus years is they are engineering led here. They've got 14 engineers, uh, mechanical, electronic, electrical, um, and they're actually building products for uh, the marketplace. Um, so one of the ones that we'll talk about here is smart lockers. Um, you've seen uh, post-COVID um, the, the huge demand for picking up e-commerce orders uh, at a location, and a location could be a uh, subway, it could be a pickup center, it could be a retail store, um, Air, airport, you know, everywhere. Airports, uh, condominiums, your living space. Um, basically, uh, with the surge of the number of e-com orders and primarily delivery, they're now looking for new ways of getting packages to people. Okay, now let me let me just ask a question. Sure. Uh, a locker doesn't seem to be a very high tech thing to me, because it's it's a door with a lock. So so why is what Signify doing so different from my high school locker? Okay, so hold on. Have you used one yet? I I haven't. Okay, so I think um, that's your first problem. But but very good question though, Alan. So you're probably. Um, since you haven't used an e-commerce locker for pickup, for example, um, something that probably is familiar to you is a mailbox, Canada Post. Mailboxes pretty much have the same format and size because it's typically envelopes. And, and even if it's a large envelope, 11 by 10, the flap of your mailbox stays open. But now think about you're getting something other than an envelope delivered to your home, such as a parcel, and that parcel could be um, uh, a pair of shoes. It could be a pair of pants. Uh, the sizes are all different. So just think of what we just talked about earlier, Canadian Tire, 135,000 square feet of product, the different sizes and dimensions. Our lockers, if you look them up, are all different sizes because no parcels um, are identical. So our software We'll take that set of shoes in a box, have the dimensions, width, height, depth, and know which locker to put it in. So think about putting a bike in a locker, much different than a set of shoes. It, it's, it doesn't sound complex, but when you start factoring all these sizes, and, and I'll just give you some numbers to appreciate, you can imagine Amazon, they're moving billions of products, Right. And same with the size of trucks. You have to have the right size of trucks in order to get the number of loads on your road to optimize and get efficiency. Otherwise, you're going to lose your shirt on cost. You got to remember, too, Pete, remember, when you talk about all these sizes of lockers, remember, that's just a locker system. Never mind, there's a computer screen there, um, Alan, where you walk up and you scan your phone if you're doing it self-serve, or the person helping you is typing in something, Remember, that whole screen is monitoring that whole wall of lockers 
And by the right code, it's opening the locker you need to get into. Just appreciate, Alan, you've got uh, 40 linear feet, six feet high of lockers. And let's say you've got, I don't know, in in 50 uh, linear feet, let's say you've got 200 locker compartments. When the customer comes there and scans their QR code, our software has to open up the right locker door to satisfy that customer e-commerce order for pickup. So it may sound simple, but it's very complex. And it's very, and by the way, it's very cool. Alan, I use it like twice a week. So you don't have a key, you have a QR code. QR code on your phone, yeah. yeah. Because again, you want this to be frictionless or contactless. If you could just present a QR code that you got from your um, order and you just present that at the lockers, bang, the locker opens instantaneously and you're done. No communications, no conversations. It's all automated. Where do you install these lockers? Um, Well, um, Signify uh, has been primarily focused on retail, like a big box store. Uh, If you think about where lockers are today, whether it's Canadian Tire, Home Depot, Ikea, um, those are just retail outlets. But condominiums, condominiums, Condominiums. uh, condominiums have them. You see them in subways. Any place where there's people traffic, you want these lockers in. Alan, when you travel, you've seen it in the airport. Best, The Best Buy ones, the Shoppers Drug Mart, Best Buy ones, you walk out and buy your headphones. Yeah. That's signified. Okay, so that's where I was going to go with my, <laughs> my next question. Because... Um, I have noticed an increased number of these um, uh, of these automated vending machines that go beyond Coke machines and snack machines. So the when I go to the airport and I see that Best Buy one where I can get chargers and everything else, that's you? Okay, that's a, a locker. But what, what, what we're introducing now is another product line, which is vending. Because we're, we're actually turning that you know, 100-year-old Coke vending machine that you said you got your Coke from, bottle Coke years ago, think of now you could get any kind of device in a vending machine, whether that's a Build-A-Bear, stuffed teddy bear, whether that's your Bose uh, AirPods, um, whether it's an iPad, whether it's a smartphone, that's all vending technology. What Signify has done is married the two. So you have a control screen or a control unit that actually can manage vending and lockers on the same solution platform. So whether it's a pickup for e-commerce or whether I want to buy it right there in the vending machine, I can do both with the technology. Okay. Um, other, do you do perishable goods or is this just hard goods? Uh, no. So when you talk about grocery, um, there's, a li- yeah, again, you talk about complexity now. Now you're talking about temperatures, refrigeration, ambient temperature. Those are a whole different set of lockers or vending machines. Uh, And again, to the point of buy online, pick up in store, grocery stores are now starting to put those type of products to be picked up from lockers where today you have Walmart, you can go into the parking lot, it's curbside pickup. You call the 1-800 number there, you tell them what lot you're in and they bring out your groceries. But that's curbside versus lockers. They do the same mm. thing, just different process. Yeah. Mm. And as you know, Alan, we're uh, locomobiles partnering with Signify because our transportation background, we feel that we can do both, bring a person 
to the site, bring them to the curb. Rather than them have to let anyone know they're there, they're there. And then still use all the locker systems, even add more locker systems. I, I think that um, what I see uh, so uh, informative is the fact that, Alan, you just got back from um, Singapore. You understand robots. Yes. I view lockers and all these vending machines as robots. They are robots that have multiple of items. You can sell anything you want now using a this type of vending solution that Signify has or anyone else, because this is not about one company. But, but the fact is, what I think is more important is the people who want convenience, the people who want to save costs, and the people who want to expand their empire, and I will call these little retail stores. The guy who wants to be that next retailer now owns these machines, and he can call that, that's my portable retail store. It's the new venture like self-storage, okay? And however, uh, obviously why we always come on to this thing is, my viewpoint, Alan, is these machines will be in every corner, hmm. every building, everywhere where you look. Well, I... Uh, Convenience. Okay, so this makes me think of two things. First of all, the old automats way back in the day. And the second thing is, you talked about Singapore and uh, throughout the, the city-state, there are vending machines that offer smoked salmon. Uh, and it's just a dedicated smoked salmon vending machine. And that's the only place I've ever seen it. So I guess this is the kind of thing that we're talking about, right? Yeah. So, uh, and you mentioned Singapore, but I'm just going to bring up Japan. Uh, do you, uh, do either of you know the population of Japan? It's 280 million, somewhere around there. Okay. So keep that number in, in mind, Alan. Now, did you know that there's one vending machine for every 33 people in Japan? Really? You can look on Google and you'll see that's that. Did you know without vending in Japan, they there's claims that they wouldn't have made it through COVID? Isn't that interesting? Okay, I would believe that more than what you just told me last Well, look it up. COVID, of course. God, man. No, COVID, the holy crap. It makes so sense. Like, the COVID story, I get it. I mean, but the the ten, the how how many per person? That that's simply a fact. We gotta we gotta publish. That's unbelievable. But COVID, well, think of it, guys. Well, think about vending for COVID. And again, this is where this emergence comes from. I call it. What was the first thing during COVID that needed dispensing, in a huge way? The masks, PPE, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. no, huge. And it's frictionless. And our lockers, by the way, including vending machines, uh, we have a technology in there that's actually, while the device or the product is in the locker, it's actually uh, running an ultraviolet light to disinfect the product while it's in the lockers. That's another amazing thing. Hmm. Now think about this. So, so well, does it make sense that aren't you going to get into the drug business? I don't mean... You know what I mean? Like, um, why can't people go pick up all their prescriptions or even things that from the shoppers when you're buying them disinfected in a machine? And you know how tough it is to go to go into a 
into a drugstore and get your stuff. It's a pain in the rear end. Well, again, I, I, I use the word emergence because um, PPE was just one emergence, right? But but think about frictionless, right? Um, you, you talk about prescriptions at a drugstore, and there's, there's obviously bylaws like in the parking industry, Grant. Uh, same with drugs, dispensing drugs, right? You have to talk to a a pharmacist, right? But you will see it, guys. Like the S-curve in technology uh, from five years ago was 10 years for technology. Now it's getting five and it'll be three soon. Uh, You saw the robots, Grant. Uh, They're going to gain in popularity. Everything is going automated. I use that word automated retail, but automated, whether it's parking, whether it's delivery through drones, Guys, technology is where we're at, unfortunately. Yeah, fortunately, I don't know. I call it fortunately. <laughs> and and uh, if you no, I know I'm crazy and all that stuff. But but the fact is, guys, um, as you guys, I don't know if you guys, I just published an article yesterday on the future of robots. And the, the fact is, it's not whether we're going to have robots, it's how we're going to use them. And I see... Many of this technology, like what we're talking about today, as a benefit. Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. Alan, you brought up the old vending machines, Coca-Cola. But when I was with Fujitsu in 2006, uh, in in fact, 2005 was the year that self-checkout for retail was kind of uh, brought into the marketplace in Canada and probably um, in North America. Fujitsu actually acquired in 2006 a company out of Montreal called Optimal Robotics who was building a self-checkout solution. When I was promoting that in 2008, you know, you had all the grandmothers and grandpas saying, wait a minute, self-service, self-checkout, uh, yeah, you're yeah, taking my yeah, nephew's yeah, job yeah. away from me, my niece's job, you know, stop promoting that product. We don't like it. We want to see the cashiers at the man lanes. Well, guess what? Post-COVID, go into a Dollarama, go into a Walmart, go into a Canadian Tire. Do you know that the cashier is going to be a thing of the past? Because you go to Walmart today, they got 30 self-checkouts across the front of the store for checkout and one man lane. I will give you a couple of examples there. My shopper's Drug Mart has three automated checkouts and they never need more than one person at the cash. Yes. And they used to have three caches open all the time. Another example would be my Costco, where we have two lines to check out, one for people who want to deal with regular cashiers and the other with the self-checkout lanes. And the self-checkout lanes are are as long as, or the lines are as long as for the regular cashier. So people are becoming very um, comfortable with this sort of technology. In fact, they almost, to some people... This is preferable simply because they don't have to deal with a human being. <laughs> they, they like the machine. Well, when you say preference, you say preference, right? When I come, uh, you find with the man lane or a cashier at a grocery store, you've got, I don't know, 30, 40 products for the week. They're just scan, scan, scan to get you at the end of the, the belt, right? And then you got to go and actually pack it all. Self-checkout, mm-hmm. I can pack the stuff at my leisure, my time. and I can In put my the, bags. In my bags, the way I'd like to see them without being rushed. So there's a huge preference now. And that's what the customer experience is all about in retail. They want the best customer service. Otherwise, you're not going to get repeat visits. I, 
I'm beginning to understand the logistics of all this. Let's go back to the vending machines because you have to uh, assemble all the goods that are, need to be distributed. Then you have to put them in a truck. Then you have to put them in the appropriate lockers. Uh, those lockers have to be serviced. Uh, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff involved. It's just not like you know driving something to a box and leaving it there. Yeah, but but let's talk about okay. But so uh, we've talked a lot about there's we could go on forever of all the things it can do, almost anything. Okay, I mean Alan, we thought of putting the machines in all the parking garages and storing your summer tires when it went to tires. Now summer. that you just go on, forever. I would get on board for that <laughs> because it, it. There you go. Okay, but but Alan, we could go on forever. Okay, we're gonna do that. Alan, we're going to do okay, that. But no, okay. but Alan, just finish your thought on that because I'd like to hear your response. I change my tires twice a year and I have to pay the dealer somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 to store my tires for six months at a time for the year. For the year. For the year. So I'm yeah, paying yeah, twice, yeah. 200 bucks to store my winters and my summers. And uh, I could bring them home, but then they litter up my garage and they're, they're dirty and uh, they four tires doesn't don't fit in my car. So, okay, but okay. Alan, but Alan, now think if you're a family, and Alan, think if you're a family of four at your house, which means you could have four vehicles, four winter tire sets, four spring sets that you got to put in your garage. Now think about if you're in a single family dwelling and you're in a condo and you can't put your extra tires in the parking of the condo. It has to be in your storage if you got the room. So think about the demand for keeping these extra sets of tires. And the numbers are growing year on year. Okay. Another question. Would you be installing things like this at self-storage locations? Locations. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Because if you think of your traditional, and, and Grant knows this more than I do because he was in the storage business, your traditional storage locker is a, is a unit of certain size. Not too many storage units have lockers of different sizes that we mentioned to fit small stuff that you still want to keep off premise, like tires or golf clubs, and definitely not automated. Oh, guys, and definitely yeah, not man. automated. <laughs> None. Are are we heading still with the storage locker idea? Are we heading to situ? Uh, are we heading towards a situation where we have purpose built buildings that are nothing but automated storage lockers? Good point. You, I mean, when you think of the cost. I mean, think if you build these as mini structures, but back to what I just said again, your mini store, mm -hmm. your last frontier of being in the real estate business. I don't know if complete buildings, uh, that'd be big. I think they complement buildings. Like like a, we talked about having them in parking garages is a, is a given. Having them in apartment buildings at the main floor, a given. Having them at stores, a given. Airports. So, I guess, Alan, the really process and the reason we have this show, you just said something like, where are we going within this industry? Mm -hmm. Like in the smart city world, am I linking up with these lockers all over the city? Um, and, and I guess the answer to that to be yes. Um, you know, what we haven't talked about is, you know, when you start having the ability to track vehicles, because the transportation network gets you there, and then linking vehicles to locker locations, you could have drop-off situations. You could have people using this as delivery services. Um, and if, if it's true, you could actually 
And I think you're right. Have your drugs ready. Obviously, in that case, you got to talk about security, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. That's a different issue. Um, it's everything. Aren't we? Aren't we saying that this industry of automatic vending? It's not replacing retailing. But it's a new part of the retailing world. It would be a lot more convenient because stores aren't open 24-7. And I'm not available. Oh, you just hit another one. (laughs) Just hit another one. It keeps going on. Um, Yeah, Alan, as you can see, it wouldn't be a tough sell, would it? Well, I'd like to pick up on the 24-7 piece because a vending machine, uh, depending where it's situated and a locker, is available 24-7. Right, Alan? Grant, you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Now, Think about a brick and mortar store that in order for you to open the doors of your brick and mortar store, you have to have associates, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they're not self-serve and they're not automated. However, we have the technology to automate a complete brick and mortar store because if you go, and I won't mention the name of the company, but unfortunately, because of the economics right now, there's certain retail outlets that you can't go into without showing ID because of theft and shrink. Okay. Sure. So if it's automated now and it was available 24 seven and you didn't need an associate there, look at your labor savings. Yeah. And, and, and identifying people is easy. So that's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, you're, you're, in, you're increasing traffic without having to increase staff. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you guys, I hate when someone tells me something's open till five, it's Sunday, and I can get there at six and I need it. I mean, I, again, what I go back to is I don't think it's whether how big it grows. It's how big a, big a time you can convince people to adapt. The big retailer might take longer when he's done. It's done, it's done everywhere. The smaller guy's going to waive the cost versus because he's small. But that big guy, man, once he decides, it's going to be everywhere. He, you know, it looks like a Canadian tire. When you do, you do something big, it's a rollout. Um, and then when someone sees it, they expect it everywhere. If I, when I, when I go, and, I, and Peter knows I use it, I go to one of the newest Canadian tires and I use it. I'm not doing an ad for Canadian tire here, guys, the way, but I can only tell you what I use. The other word that really blew Wait, me away. Wait, stop, Grant, stop, stop. So I want to talk about your consumer experience. So you order something online through, let's say, Canadian Tire. Yep. And do you get a notification when it's in your locker? Yeah. What you do is you get get a notification on your phone if you allow them to text you or email you or phone you. Um, Where I feel it breaks down is not their system. When I get there, I choose a parking stall to park in. Once I'm there, I say I'm here. Now, when you say I'm here, you have to enter in all kinds of information. Know what happens when that starts? I delete it. I get out and I walk in and scan it. So I don't use the curbside. I'm not, it's a sheet, it's a whole form. So if you if you enter that form, then what happens is you tell them they're there, they will bring it out to the curb, and they have a section to load it right into your car. If in fact you don't take that option, you walk inside. And if it's a small thing, you can go to the small lockers, scan it and get it. If it's something big, you push a button for a person to come out and see you. They scan it, they bring it out to you, you take it to your car. I do that a lot. I think what should happen, Alan, the minute I get on that property and say, oh, Grant, 
Oh, he's like class A. He's got the premium Canadian tire card. He needs a lawnmower. He bought it. We're out and getting it before he even gets to the curbside pickup. When he gets the curbside pickup, I should be doing nothing but waiting for it. Nothing other than maybe a text from Canadian Tire saying, hello, Mr. Furling, we're just getting it for you now. That's the piece everyone misses, not just CT, because they're ahead of the game. That's what I think closes the loop to everything, Alan. But my experience is I live it. I go there. That's how I use it. (laughs) And I can just see you saying, hey, Canadian Tire, let's have some license plate recognition technology. So when I roll into the parking lot, you know it's me and you can just come out right away. Well, I mean, I think it should be. And I think, uh, remember now, that's why Signify and Looking Away World announced their partnership in that um, if you can picture controlling the all the automated vending solutions out there, um, as most as you can, in every leaps and bounds of types of markets, we all just talked about so many markets, and then you have the ability to send the people there because of the infrastructure we control with our car tracking, car applications, forget that. That's sending traffic. But then for those that are just going, really make that experience even better. That's all. Um, we wouldn't, me and Peter wouldn't be talking uh, if we didn't think that. And he's, he, that's what I'm talking about there. So it looks like t- to me that we're heading down the road that Japan is, is already on. What sort of vending machines does Japan have that we don't have? What can we expect in the future? Well, you you mentioned sushi. Um, Anything that's temperature related. Vending machine sushi. Okay. If you think about it, um, as long as you have the right temperatures, um, the, the opportunities are limitless of what you put in a vending machine. You just have to convince people to buy goods that way. Yeah, I don't think there's anything Japan has that Signify can't do. I mean, I'm not trying to put down Japan, but I, I think, uh, well, I have to promote Signify, Alan, to Canadian no, companies. I'm, I'm just, um, but that aside. I'm just trying to figure out what the use cases might be. Everything. Okay. All right. I'm, but again, you know, having never spent any time in Japan, I, 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 I've... Now you don't have to. Here's what you do. Okay. Go over to your closest transit stop. Okay. And you'll see the sign. Okay, you'll see the signified means and many factions. You will see, of course, where I drop off my daughter in Burlington. When I go in there, I have to go past a couple of things. Of course, you probably know. You probably don't know. They make the pass, the transit pass. That's their that's their technology, um, and then. You have to walk by. I don't know if it changes, Peter. You can explain that. I walked by the other day a Shoppers Drug Mart machine that, well, it was labeled Shoppers Drug Mart. I don't know if it all was that Shoppers Drug Mart products that you can buy, things you need before you get on the train. That's Signify. Um, and then you pay to go on the train, which I think should be paid at Signify. That's a different day, different story. So think of all, you, you, you come across them everywhere you go. You just haven't noticed it because, you know what? It's just there. Now, of course, I look at every single corner. When I walk in a store, I'm off to see where there's a Signify machine. <laughs> so I'm a different guy, as you I, know. But. You can see big box retailers or, uh, you know, Amazon getting into this big time. Uh, we we do have those 
designated pickup places now like Penguin where you can go and get your Amazon yeah. par- uh, parcels. Uh, and this takes takes the place of that. It's interesting you mentioned Penguin because we just signed a contract with them a couple months ago. Uh, Small lockers are actually going to be in every Penguin center. Uh, and so they have customers like Walmart, uh, Ikea, that are putting these their products in Penguin for pickup and delivery, right? Um, but it, again, guys, it, it's... And the, the, the one uh, correction I'll make, because I don't want to get um, in trouble here, but the yeah. Metrolinx uh, vending machine uh, that's uh, Shoppers Drug Mart at the Metrolinx subway is actually a competitor's product, but ours looks very similar. Yeah, it's, I didn't it's, know that. It's somebody else's, but nonetheless, there's there's more than single. Doesn't there. matter. We're talking about we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about smart vending. Yeah, but Alan, yeah, it could be anything that's in a locker and a vending machine. And think about even uh, you're going to uh, some kind of sports event and you want to put your knapsack or your coat in a locker. the possibilities are in it. If you think about in GTA or Toronto where they have the rent a bike, five years ago, nobody would have been thinking that. Pretty soon it'll be rent an electronic scooter. Uh, Things are just evolving for conveniences. And and if you're wondering wondering how big their machine can be, in case you're thinking, I'm going to leave this, whether he wants to mention it, but they're, they're doing something in Africa that that tells you how big they can go. I'm not sure he's allowed to talk about it, but I'll leave it up to that, Peter. Well, that's the WFP, and uh, we could talk about it because it's actually, I think, gone live or going live very soon. But uh, if you think of uh, larger-scale vending, uh, with the World Food Program in Africa, we won that bid. We're actually delivering a large kiosk that's probably... I want to say 30 feet by, let's say, 60, dispensing food to refugees through a QR code, dispensing it. This has been really fascinating. Now I'm never going to walk, I'm not going to walk by a vending machine again without wondering what it's all about and who's behind it. So, um, and, and I guess as, as consumers become more accustomed and comfortable with this technology, we'll be seeing them everywhere. Now, I will close that I see them everywhere. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, just to show you, you know, we talked about, we talked about drones for delivering packages, but um, have you ever seen the digitized uh, dartboard electronic? No. Oh, yeah, they're cool. So that's a friend of mine in the UK, but throwing darts digitally and, and making a game out of it on a digital screen. Yeah. People don't think of these things, but look how things are evolving so quickly. Yeah, agreed. Wow. Agreed. But this is something that, you know what I always like, guys? Things that are practical, yet, of course, have technology in them. And until I met Peter, um, which we're going to have many more sessions on, Alan, and other stuff, um, I had no idea. Um, it's like those things like, well, it's kind of like me in my business. People go, what are you in parking? What do you mean? There's people in parking? <laughs> I just parked my car on the side of the road. You know, you know what I mean? There's so many businesses you just assume are there. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. So uh, just another thing to think about, uh, Alan, um, and this is what attracted me to local mobile, to be honest with you. Uh, they've got a, a platform that I think is going to accelerate exponentially very soon. But think about 
what's next that's big, right? EV, electronic vehicles, EV stations popping up. What could you put in an EV station? A vending machine. Good point. Very good point. You're, right? you're going to be there for 15 or 20 minutes. You might as well use your time efficiently. Exactly. And especially if it's an interactive vending machine that I can order online and get my groceries sent home when I get there. Oh, I never thought of that either. Okay. No, seriously. Well, of course, Alan, it will go on forever. <laughs> well, this has been absolutely fascinating, Peter. Thank you for taking the time. I would imagine we'll have a chance to talk to you about other things in the future. Uh, good luck with Signify, and uh, I'll be watching for your machines. Yeah, pleasure, and thanks for the invite, Grant. Uh, nice to meet you as well, Alan. There's another episode of the Smart City Podcast. Thanks to Peter from Signify Solutions for taking us on a tour of the near future. If you have any comments about what you just heard, send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. And check out this website, thesmartcity.blog, because we've got all kinds of things relating to the smart city right there. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furlane. Technical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant is Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross, and we'll see you next time.